Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a fantastic week. A lot of stuff happened. We will jump into the Nashville tornado that kind of dominated the stories this week, obviously, as yes. it should. And not just one, multiple tornadoes. And like I said, we'll get into that. Uh, an Oklahoma wildfire that broke out, which uh, pretty impressive by all intents and purposes. Uh, I really loved watching the radar picture of this because you could totally see where this mm-hmm. where everything was um and i love you know we, we've talked about that a lot on the show how technology has been able to pick up on this stuff now and i love how you know you can tell if someone's burning by using doppler radar yeah and you can really see what direction it's moving too so that helps exactly another great tool that you know first responders have access to National Weather Service obviously has access to it. The public has access to it. So good information across the board. But, Bonnie, we're into our second week of National Weather Podcast Month, and you got to do something really cool. I'm very jealous. You got to sit in on another podcast. Yes, yes. So Stormfront Freaks was here um, taping their 100th episode. They were at this cute little hole-in-the-wall brewery downtown um, in Oklahoma City called Vanessa House Brew Company. And it's a cute little place, um, really small, got some, like, retro arcade games and stuff like that. Um, They had some cool, like, high-top tables and then regular tables. They had a couple of garage doors, so when it's nice, you can just open those up. But, of course, they didn't that night. Um, And all the freaks were there, set up ready to tape the podcast. Rick Smith was there. Gary England was there. Um, super exciting. All the freaks are super, super nice. It was great meeting all of them. Right. You were featured on the first part of the podcast. We'll actually listen to that audio here in just a second. Um, them talking about national weather podcast month and then talking to you quickly, which, uh, was pretty awesome. I love the fact that, you know, on, if you watch the YouTube or Twitter raw feed, you know, they were asking you pretty, you know, in-depth questions about our podcast i was like oh look at bonnie yeah she, she, it was pretty exciting and gary england remembered me like we've met before in the past several years ago when i was working um at a restaurant down in norman i met him there this is when i was at ou okay and he he actually remembered me he was like oh my gosh i didn't know you were doing a podcast at the end we talked a little bit and he was like you know shoot me an email so i bet we could probably get him on our podcast as well um so that was that was really exciting he's he's really nice really insightful um he had a lot to say they of course talked about the nashville tornado and he had a lot to say about that so when we get into that you know, I'll discuss what he said, but it was, Perfect. it was great seeing him again and meeting Rick Smith, which I've kind of met Rick Smith. Like he came to a couple of my classes and spoke to us and stuff while I was at OU. So I didn't like meet him directly, but I mean, of course I know who he is. Who doesn't, you know right. what I'm saying? And, so. and for those of you who don't know who Rick Smith is, <laughs> he, he's the, uh, he's the head of the Norman is, is he, he's the head of, right? He's the, lead he's the warning. Oh, he's the warning coordinator. coordination. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the WCM for the Norman National Weather Service office, um, but he's very prolific on Twitter and social media. Mm-hmm. He's a great follow. 
Um, he's one of those guys, and honestly, I wish that the National Weather Service had more guys like him that are out there and are present on social media and will answer questions and will post cool photos and infographics and all the stuff that, you know, we love social media for in the weather world. Rick does a really, really good job of it. So I'm glad that you got to meet him and sit in with the freaks. Um, Let's listen to how that went down. Again, this is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You can follow them um, at Stormfront Freaks on Twitter. Uh, They're on Facebook. They're on YouTube. Uh, They're all over the social landscape, but this was them doing their podcast, which you can also hear now. It it will be live, Um, but this was the interaction they had with Bonnie. Uh, I do want to let you know it is National Weather Podcast Month. Uh, We have a great month here in March where all of our independent weather podcasts get together, help promote each other, do some great shows, Uh, some great podcasts out there. You got to check out, guys. Number one, Weather Brains, been around uh, and Rick's been a part of that, been around for probably 14 70? years, no, 70 years. years. 70, 70 they're, they're pretty old, uh, 90 <laughs> years. But uh, some great guys and gals there we love. There's the Carolina Weather Group uh, yeah, out of Carolina, uh, which is a great group of people. They, they do some great, not only audio, but video stuff. Uh, weather Hype, so you got uh, Castle and Men uh, do some, um, they do a really good job of social uh, weather psychology and, and it really, it's really different. That's, what's great about all these weather podcasts they are all different. And the other one, which is kind of new, they were with us last year, uh, but B squared weather. And yeah. I am excited to have uh, Bonnie Bishop of B squared weather is actually yeah. here tonight. Hi, Bonnie. And so, uh, first, thanks for coming down, Bonnie, of but course. tell us a little bit about B squared weather. Uh, we've been going just about as long as you. We just taped our 87th podcast, so we'll do 88 this weekend. Um, we just we're just two weather geeks. They just get together, geek out, and talk about whatever's going on, whatever's happened. Um, you know, it's it's a shorter one, not as long as y'all's each episode, but definitely go check it out. Be squared, and we're on all social media. Um, so definitely go check us out. Wait, are you saying we're too long? <laughs> no, I wish we were as long. Bonnie, as what do you want? We're what working you want? that. When is, when's your podcast on? Uh, we tape Sundays, and it's usually out that night or the next day. Okay, so you guys are quick. Typically quick Mondays. Yeah. And you're weekly, right? Come on, MJ. See, we're bi-weekly, so we're bi- it takes us a little longer to well, get to those the higher numbers. There's a little more bleeps in ours, That's right? True. A couple more That's bleeps. True. More <laughs> editing involved. But, uh, Bonnie, appreciate you coming by. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, thanks for, for having that. me. So. I'm glad y'all are here. All right. So, Bonnie, on with Stormfront Freaks. You said they were super nice. Um you know, I, I, if you haven't seen their setup and, you know, most people don't see how we tape podcasts and that's okay. Um, but the Stormfront Freaks, along with Weather Brains and some of the other ones, they have video cameras. Bonnie, I think we're going to have to start implementing video. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, it was nice seeing their setup because in my head I was like, okay, this has to be very official. Right. Like a news station setup. <laughs> and, and it's not. They no. have a lot of webcams that they would just move around while taping. Yep. So it's a lot more casual and and fun than more than I thought it would be. So that takes a little bit of pressure off of what I thought we would need in order oh, for to sure. do that. Oh, for sure. And see, here's my problem. I'm coming off of 20 years in radio and TV where it's been my job to make it look as professional as possible. Right. So I kind of adapt that to what we do here, but I have no problem being more casual. Well, and I think that's probably the the point of a podcast right. is it's supposed to be a little more raw and a little more, you know, personal with people and a right. lot less like 
that that wall between like the professional and sure. then like the public. So I, I like that. And it was nice seeing how a very successful established podcast right. has their setup. So if if we copy that a little bit, so, sorry, Stormfront Freaks, but Oh no, you know. they're good. They're good. I, 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 and you know, I'm I'm just gonna take a personal second and say thank you to them for not only having you on, but um, I've gotten to work with a couple of the guys behind the scenes on a couple of their podcast issues. So, as you guys know, I worked for iHeart, and so I was with iHeart for a long time. And part of the things that I was responsible for was creating podcasts within our cluster. So, you know, there were all the stations that would do podcasts. I had to do a daily one with a sports show that I was producing. And so I got to know the guys at iHeart really well on the podcast side. And so last year, right after National Weather Podcast Month, you and I went live on iHeart's podcast network. So we're there. Mm-hmm. So we put the tweet out, and literally within 24 hours, the guys from Storefront Freaks was like, Bobby, how do we do that? <laughs> I was like, I got you. Don't worry about it. And so then I had to work, and I went back and worked with the guys from iHeart. And listen, here's another podcast we want to put on your network. It's really great. High you know, listener downloads, high interaction. And they're like, cool. And it took about three weeks, and then we got them on there. So... You know, they tease that they're on iHeart uh, when you go back and listen to the podcast uh, from episode 100 on their end. You know, they're on Apple and Spotify and iHeart. So um, they're really good peoples. And I'm really glad that they invited you. I'm glad that you went. You and I both have been battling, you know, colds and my voice is still kind of all over the place. But uh, I'm glad you went. Yeah, oh, definitely. Me too. It was a great experience. And, you know, I, I'm glad that that we have Weather Podcast Month. But I right feel too. like even if we didn't these you know little cluster of weather podcasts would still be supportive of each other like we are so that's that's really nice that it's not like of course there's still a little bit of competitive undertones but (laughs) you know that's with everybody but we're still all super supportive and you know like you said you helped them get on iheart and they brought me onto theirs to promote my podcast so it's just it's just nice that there's a nice support system out there amongst the weather podcasts. Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to be making an appearance on weather brains here in the not too distant future. Yes. So, that is so exciting. So that I'm really stoked for. Um, I don't know what episode, I don't know who I'll be talking to necessarily, but I'm super excited. So looking forward to that. Um, but because it is national weather podcast month, we are giving away a handheld anemometer. Yes. And so we have our secret word coming up here in a little bit. So here's how the contest works. We will give out five, uh, secret words, and then at the uh, on the April first taping of B squared, the first episode out of National Weather Podcast Month, we will put out a tweet saying you need to respond back in order the five words that we gave you, and then if you do that, we will k- take all the entries, we will put them into a giant hat, and we will draw a name for a uh, handheld anemometer. So if you have any questions or want to know what it looks like, go to our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. It's pinned to the very top. You'll be like Joey from the movie Twister. Bill is very jealous. That's the anemometer we're giving away. <laughs> Plus, me and you also have one of our own. Yes, we so do. you'll be part of our awesome club. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, uh, we will also include stickers. And I wanted to ask you about the stickers that the Stormfront Freaks had because those looked really cool. Yes. Yeah, so it's those long uh, rectangle ones. Oh, bumper can... stickers. Okay. Yeah. So I've got like five or six of those. Nice. Um, so I'll send you some. Please do. Um, and then I gave them 10 of ours, five awesome. of the circles and five of the cutout ones. Cool. So any reaction to that? Were they like, oh, oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. They liked them a lot. And I told them, I was like, I didn't know which ones y'all would like. So I got you a little sample of both. And I told them that personally, I really like the cutout ones. Right. So 
Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. So just be listening here in a little bit. We will uh, drop our second keyword, but hey, we got to make you stay through the podcast. Uh-huh. There's a tease for you. Um, <laughs> but let's jump into the weather story. Obviously, the big weather story, and you know, this was happening right after we taped um, our last episode, actually several hours after we taped our last episode. Bonnie, Nashville, Tennessee gets hit by a major tornado. Yeah, I, you know, I knew there were storms going on, right? Um, you know, into the night. And when I woke up in the morning, checked Twitter, like I always do. And they were like, you know, nine fatalities. And the pictures were just so scary. And by the end of the day, it was like 21 or 22 fatalities. And I just am in awe and in shock. And I think that that tornado did not get on the ground until about 1245 at night. Right. And, you know, I, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm deeply involved in the country music world. And, you know, that's my birthday, March 2nd. I'm at the country bar where I work as a DJ, um, DJ in line dance practice. I come home and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, um, we talked about on the show that, you know, SBC had a elevator risk, nothing, you know, too out of the normal. You know, we knew that there would be storms, but, you know, I'm sitting there and I get a text all of a sudden from a friend of mine who works for Broken Bow Records, which is Jason Aldean's label. Um, guys like, gosh, who else is on Jason Aldean's label? Um, it's, it's basically Jason Aldean's label. And so he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time and I'm kind of his go-to weather guy. He's like, hey man, tornado sirens are sounding. What's going on? And so I pull up the radar and sure enough, there's a hook echo and I'm like, um... Where are you? So he sends me his address. He's out of the warning polygon. He's on the south side of where the storm's going through. I was like, yeah. Um, And at this point, I'm pulling up NWS chat. I'm looking at Twitter, uh, live streaming, you know, pulling up a TV station from Nashville. I'm like, there's a giant tornado on the ground. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, where is it in relation? You know, because most people think Nashville. Okay, you're thinking right downtown, lower Broadway, all the country bars, the honky tonks, um, where all the hotels are. And it's literally just to the north of downtown. Had this storm yeah. shifted south about a mile, mile and a half, this would have gone right through the heart of downtown Nashville. Yeah. The first storm. And so, you know, that that for me was scary. I have friends that live on that south side of town, um, you know, near where this went through. And then I went, you know, have friends that live in downtown just to literally maybe, you know, half a mile from that. And... You know, they're posting videos of the tornado sirens. They're posting videos of people scrambling to take cover. But, oh, man, it it was intense. And, you know, lo and behold, we find out that there are, in theory, two or three tornadoes. I think they're still trying to determine the exact number of them. But, you know, the one that goes. I feel goes, like they've gone back and forth. Like, in the beginning, it, it was multiple. And then it was one solid one. And now it's back to, like, three or four. Right. Ranging from EF zero to I think EF three is the highest they've gotten so far. Correct. So EF they say the the Nashville tornado was an EF three. They're mm-hmm. saying, however, the one that, that went through Putnam County, which was on the first on the farthest east end, they mm-hmm. rated an EF four. And they're saying it's the first violent tornado in the National Weather Service Nashville area since April tenth, two thousand nine. Wow. And so this was the survey that came out on the fourth. 18 fatalities, 88 injuries, three still missing at the time, path and width to be determined in the coming days, and we will jump into that here real quick. But the east, uh, here's the, you know, the updated information about 
kind of the storm, storm survey in order. So Germantown in North Nashville was an EF2 where it went through, and they said 125-mile-an-hour winds. East Nashville, five points, EF3. Donaldson, Mount Juliet, again, an EF3. Still continued long track tornado. Then they got out to the Putnam County, and then obviously that changed to an EF4. And, man, just insane. But you go back and you look at, like, the storm surveys, and you look at, uh, okay, so four tornadoes officially found Middle Tennessee March 3rd. The Nashville was an EF3. Smith Putnam and EF0, Cookville, which is Putnam County, was the EF4, 175-mile-an-hour uh, winds. Southeast Oof. Cookville and Gofton was an EF0, so four independent tornadoes. The Nashville EF3 was on the ground for 60 miles. Wow. 800 yards wide. Wow. Right? Big tornado. 60 miles is a long... That is. That's a very long-track tornado. Yes. And how many minutes was that? Do we know? Uh, that one was on the ground for at least an hour. Jeez. And this thing, I mean, the forward velocity on this was anywhere between 35 and 45 miles an hour, if memory oh. recalls correctly. Wow. So, I mean, it's doing... And so, like, combine that forward motion with, like, the speed within the tornado itself, oh, yeah. and that just is... Yeah. That just enhances it a little bit, you know? Oh, that yeah. is so scary. And for it to start at, like, 1245 at night, in the right. middle of the night, in the middle of the week... right. You know, and that's been the big discussion on Twitter is like how to get people in the middle of the night to get up, you know, because yeah. not everyone has their weather radio. Not everybody has their weather notifications on their phone, you know, the obnoxious ones that go off. Right. They don't have those active. And, you know, that's one thing they asked Gary England on Friday. And his response was awareness. Like, you need to go to bed knowing, okay there's forecast for storms overnight and there's forecast for severe storms overnight. So you're either staying up or you're turning your phone on or you're turning your TV on or something, you know what I mean? And so I think that that's actually a really good point is that it's not necessarily just getting the warnings, but it's knowing the upcoming forecast and not just right. going to bed like, Oh, just a regular night going to bed, you know? No, this is a, you need to pay attention to what's happening. Um, the Cookville EF4, 175 mile an hour winds, as we said, on the ground for 8.21 miles and was 500 yards wide. Jeez. That's a giant swath of, you know, of Tennessee that thing's chewing up. And yeah. it, you know, moved houses off foundations, um, picked up a couple houses and tossed them like several yards. I saw a crazy picture of a long chain link fence that had just been like, rolled up yep yep like if you just took a map and just rolled it back up into its little rolled up position that's what it looked like it didn't even look like chain link fence and i was like i don't even understand how that happens in the air right i don't i don't either i mean and i'm sure you've seen the photo of the folks that found the uh airport terminal sign yes Tossed crumpled up. up yeah crumpled up and they're saying it was flung 20 miles away oh my god unbelievable that's crazy it is um it is and i'm just i'm you know i'm really i'm thankful that it wasn't worse than it, what it was and i'm very glad that you know like we said you know they i i don't want to say they got lucky but they got lucky they really i mean like you said they didn't get lucky but it really could have been right. like you said if it was just a little bit further south it would have gone through even more right 
than oh, yeah. what it went through. Yeah. And so, and for it to be the middle of the night and it for, is it 22 fatalities? I believe so. Yes. That number could have been higher too for oh, yeah. it being the middle of the night. And there was a lot of stories I saw where people were like, we literally had seconds to act. And that's yep. just crazy to yep. me. Um, according to U.S. Tornadoes on Twitter, compared to history from 1950 through 2018, uh, SPC data, tornadoes with tracks that long um, or longer, so over 60 miles, make up 0.37% of all tornadoes. Wow. And there so are they some. don't happen very often. No, and but there are some. Um, mm-hmm. and you can We've retweeted that photo and that infographic on our uh, podcast page. But... There are some, and obviously there's a lot in Oklahoma. Apparently, Nebraska likes long, tor- like long track tornadoes. Alabama, Mississippi, North Carolina likes uh, has a bunch. This will probably be the third um, for the state of Tennessee. It will be the second one that has just been within the state boundaries of Tennessee. But a lot of these uh, cross state lines. Um. I can't remember the exact statistic, but Rick Smith brought it up on Friday, and he said that a very large percentage of Tennessee tornadoes actually do happen at night. Yeah, and I think that's in line with, you know, what we've seen with the storms in the south. Yeah. You know, it's it's rare to get long track, big tornadoes in day in daylight uh, in the south. They're just They just seem to happen overnight, and man, that's just... And, and I mean, we get overnight tornadoes. Right. But not like that. Um, most of our big crazy ones are literally between the like three and seven o'clock hour. Like Perfect. if you look at May third right. and you look at twentieth, all of those are in the early evening, late afternoon time. So that's at least we're all awake, you know. Right. But that also it corresponds with when school's getting let out and work is ending and stuff like that. So that's that's kind of our big dilemma, also. Right. And, you know, just nighttime tornadoes are scary enough by themselves and tornadoes are scary enough by themselves. But like, as you said, combined with nighttime, limited, you know, access to information, people are asleep. They might not have a weather radio. Their phone might not be on. I believe the weather alerts still push across, even if you're on do not disturb. But man, it's just, it's intense. And watching the videos and going back and just kind of scrolling through the feed right now. Um, you know, just had this been much closer to downtown Nashville, like downtown mm-hmm. Nashville, it could have been a lot, lot worse. So, you know, yeah. we, we don't like to see tornadoes hit any metropolitan area and we don't like to see tornadoes hit, you know, any area where people are, you know, killed or, you know, experience damage. But man, this will go down as one of those nights where, you know, I'm reaching out to friends, I'm reaching out to you know, coworkers and people to make sure everybody's okay, but you'd never want to see this happen. And no, it was just definitely not. Super intense. Well, and some of my, I don't want to say favorite, but some of the most interesting pictures that come out of tornado damage to me is the ones that are like from the bird's eye view where yep. you can see the path. Oh, yeah. That the tornado was actually on the ground. And there are some good ones of that from Nashville and from a lot of tornado events, but I just think like that is a very good way to see how wide the path of destruction was, where the center point of the tornado really was, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's crazy to just see the property and stuff damaged, but then also out in like 
fields and stuff, you can see where it just like tore the ground up oh, too, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's very interesting and fascinating to just actually see the physical path. Right. Speaking of, you know, seeing that, um, go the last two minutes of Twister. Yeah. You know, where yeah. their monster EF5, you know, is churning through the field and, you know, takes out a house and a barn, but, you know, they do that wide shot and all of a sudden you see there's the path and you see that, you know, following large tornadoes and you saw it with Nashville, went through the airport, mm-hmm. you know, the private airport on the west side of town and then, yep. you know, into downtown and you could easily see just where the track was and it's, that, that stuff is fascinating to me. Yeah. But, you know, we, yeah. we, we go back and we talk about the technology. I mean, you know, they're using drones for those surveys now. And mm-hmm. you used to have to get a helicopter to do that. Yeah, that's true. Well, and it really helps you see what a tornado does while it's moving. Because oh, I, I think I think the May 20th, 2013 actually made a small loop before right. it crossed I-35. And so you wouldn't be able to see that it did that unless you had that good bird's eye view of the path. So I think that just really helps researchers see the behavior of tornadoes while they're on the ground. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that's a very, very good point. Um, you know, and you had mentioned, you know, some of these other storms, um, on our podcast, on our Twitter page, um, it wasn't the Nashville tornado, but you know, we talk about a lot about El Reno, Mm -hmm. the composite dual pole stuff has come back. And I mean, we're, you know, several years past that and they're still doing research on it, but Trevor white at WX underscore Trev tweeted out the El Reno tornado depicted as composite dual pole RGB. Um, so red, green, blue, and you can literally see the debris ball wind up like a, you would see a like closed off low. Yeah. And it's fascinating to go through and watch if you haven't seen it. And speaking of storms that do that little loop, El Reno did that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's weird. And I wonder what, causes it to just like do that little loop before it continues on right forward i just it's very interesting very weird yeah it'd be fantastic to sit down and talk with somebody and look at the research behind it why it does that you know but then that's even scarier because wherever it does the loop is like is getting just hammered you know what i mean Oh, and that happened over actually a a 7-eleven kind of behind the warren theater so Yeah, so that 7-Eleven was completely gone. And I do remember a story where somebody called his wife and said, take the kids, go to that 7-Eleven and get in the walk-in freezer. Oh, man. Yes. Well, I've had a, a friend of mine, an old co-worker, old boss of mine, was in Indianapolis. Went back with a friend of ours to see the Indy 500. And they were driving, I want to say from Indianapolis to Chicago, and were in a restaurant and a tornado warning came out, and the tornado was, like, super close to them. They had everybody go into the walk-in fridge. Yeah. Because it was the most, you know, sturdy spot in the entire building, so. And, like, the center yep. part. But I feel like when an EF5 makes a loop over you, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I, That's that, what happened with that 7-Eleven, yeah. and it's just, whew, at that it's point, really sad. It is, it is. Um, but Oklahoma also had some interesting weather this week. You guys had a wildfire breakout and had yes. a fire NATO with it. Yes. Um, we've been in a fire weather warning for the last couple of days. Um, been really dry and very, very windy, especially today. We have rain coming in tonight, though, so that's good. But far northwestern Oklahoma in the 
eastern end of the panhandle, so more towards the main body of the state up in Beaver County in the city of Beaver is where they had a very large, intense wildfire breakout that I believe is still burning right now. And unfortunately, I think they're on the edge of the rain. I don't know how much, if any, that they're going to get, which is a bummer. Okay, so up around Pond Creek, Oklahoma, is where this fire NATO broke out, again, within this wildfire uh, that's been burning. And again, we tweeted out on our podcast page, at Weather Podcast on Twitter, but um, you can see this thing, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the different color of smoke. It's great to see the different contrast, but man, this thing was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, they I don't I don't know if they actually did mandatory evacuations, but there was a lot of talk of people them them telling people you need to consider evacuating. And so I haven't seen much on it today, so I'm really not sure what the status of it is like right now, but um as of yesterday it was still burning and it was still moving towards the city of Fargon, Forgon which is just north of Beaver. So mm-hmm. it's just scary out there. It's usually pretty dry out there. And I, like I said, I don't think they're expected to get much rain, not like we are here in the central part of the state and the main body of the state. So that's very sad that they can't get any of that because they're the ones that need it right now. Right. Well, we need the rain and man. Mm-hmm. Not always good when we have fires break out. And I, you know, I, I find that, the Midwest wildfires obviously are much different than the ones that we deal with out here on the West coast. Ours are usually forest fires that can burn into like some grasslands, but a majority of your fires are grassland fires mm-hmm. and those things burn rapid. They burn fast. Uh, they're fast moving. They're usually really intense. So, you know, that, that type of fire meteorology really does kind of pique my interest because it's so much more, you know, data driven than maybe just, a forest fire and you know we talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago we had somebody from the fire coordination center speak to my ams group and went into in-depth stuff about how fuel loads work and how wind management and the combination of wind and fire go through but that stuff to me is just uber fascinating you know, yeah you can yeah t- and like you said they are, there's not like you know, weather balloons, they can launch to see where it's going to happen. They literally just have to go off. What's the wind going to be like? What's the temperature going to be like? What are the dew points? What have the dew points been the last several days? Basically guessing how dry right. the area is. And we're we're all pretty dry. We've just been, just been windy and dry the last, you know, several days. And yesterday and today, the wind has really, really picked up. And I think that's really our main fuel of a fire is just our our wind you know and that's what we're known for is our wind and so if any fire gets going at all it gets out of hand really fast right man that stuff again it it freaks me out but i'm just i'm so you know drawn to it by just the science of it mm-hmm. it's it really is fascinating it just there, there's no other thing to say besides it's just super fascinating yeah. So if you yeah, if you, anybody wants to get into a weather forecasting area that we need more research and more people doing, wildland uh, meteorology, fire meteorology, that stuff is, you know, that stuff is super intense, um, and they're always hiring for people. So, yeah, if you guys want to do a job in meteorology, that's where I would recommend going. Yeah, definitely, definitely could always use more research in that area for sure. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm just right for spring. Yeah. Well, we're getting closer. We actually have 
Um, a little bit of severe weather chances coming up on Tuesday. Just marginal risk, so nothing crazy, but still, here we go. First taste. Cannot so, wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. Right. The one thing, though, that we know that we will not be seeing anytime soon is sleet. Right. And <laughs> sleet. sleet. <laughs> that took me a second, but I got it now. <laughs> yeah. Sleet is our second keyword for the handheld anemometer giveaway. So yes. sleet, S-L-E-E-T. That frozen precip that we all love and hate so much. Here's the thing about sleet. You're not good enough to be snow, but you're not bad enough to be rain. Right. Right. You're literally like ice gravel falling from the sky. From the sky. But the problem is then it likes to compact yes. and kind of melt on the roads and then freeze together and it kind of becomes like a bumpy sheet of ice. So right. like I said, not good enough to be snow, but not bad enough to be rain. Right, like kind of like this weird outcast cousin in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it makes me think of? Was it Stephen Colbert, I think, had Gary England on and asked him why his like on-screen name was not something cool like Sleet Thunder Slush. Right. And if you haven't seen that, definitely look up that clip of him on oh, what was his to. show called? The Colbert Report. Yeah. It was it was pretty good, and that just tells you how well known Gary England is if he's you know oh yeah showing up on oh, shows absolutely. like that. So that is fantastic. Yeah, Sleep under slash. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna see if anybody has that name on Twitter. You cannot. If anyone should have it, it should be Gary. Oh England. no, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just looking to see if anybody does have it on it. If they do, I'm not talking to them officially. Sleep thunder slush. Uh, somebody was asking, uh, how long until we see a sleet thunder slush Twitter account? And it doesn't look like anybody has made it, but that's crazy. Right. Weatherbrains wow. talked about it. They tagged Gary England in it. Um, let's see here. Yeah, no, nobody's ever taken it. That is but everybody crazy. does tag Gary England as it, so. <laughs> well, good. At least it's kind of like just known that right. that is Gary England, so nobody better take it. So oh, I'm glad that that's kind of just the right. That's fantastic. The thing. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. All right, what do you guys have? You mentioned a slight chance of storms, but what do you guys have coming up weather-wise in Oklahoma City? Uh, well, tonight into tomorrow morning, we've got about an 80% chance of rain, so I'm pretty excited for that. Um, except for that, that means I have to clean the dog's feet for the next several days every time he comes in. What up, Clyde? Um, <laughs> and let me tell you, he's napping over here like he's got a hard life. Like, I don't even want to talk to him right now. <laughs> um, but we've got lows in the 50s, highs in the 70s for most of the week. And we've got those rain chances and storm chances Tuesday where we're in that marginal risk for severe weather with hail being the main concern. But again, it's marginal. But that's what it is today. So... Who knows? When we get up in the morning, maybe it's a little bit elevated. So we'll just see. Um, then a couple other storm chances later on in the week. Not getting my hopes up for those yet. You know, let's right. just wait and see how the week pans out. But um, here we go. Spring is happening. Yay. You guys are lucky. Um, I got caught in a downpour slash thunderstorm yesterday. Oh, nice. Did not hear any thunder, but the hail was uh, pretty prevalent, which was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. How do you get hail and not hear thunder? Uh, it happens a lot out here, actually. 
Wow, y'all need to work on your lightning game or something. Yeah, I don't we, understand we need, that. We need to. Um, but again, our thunderstorms are like weak. They suck. Yeah, that I mean, is true. I mean, the only thing that we have parameters that match like your thunderstorms are when they go severe. But yeah. I mean, I, there's a reason why I call it garden variety thunderstorms. Yeah, okay, there's still a thunderstorm. They can still kill you with lightning, but they're not like, you know, producing lightning every six seconds or every other second. And we, we do have those storms, too, that don't produce as much lightning. But honestly, I don't think there's ever been a thunderstorm where I've never heard thunder. That would really make me sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made me sad. I mean, the obviously, the updraft was active. Uh, the hail yeah. was, you know, pea-sized hail. It was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you had to run from uh, a store to the car. That was pretty epic. Not going to lie. <laughs> then decided to try and wait it out before I had to go back into the store. But I was like, nah, screw it. Right, you're like I'm just gonna run. It's I'm just fine. gonna run. We'll be fine. But um, out here, actually, kind of quiet. It's gonna be partly sunny uh, all the way through Friday until we get into the next chance of rain. But uh, finally, we get into a nice dry stretch of weather. It's been kind of on and off rain showers lately. So uh, maybe knock on wood, possibly I might bust out the golf clubs this week. Well, that's good. Just check for lightning. Yes. Well, I mean, if it's sunny, hopefully we won't have any. But you never know. It is Oregon. Hey, you can still get lightning when it's sunny if there's yes, a storm. You yes, you can. That is very true. <laughs> but very lightning un- safety. Yeah, but very unlikely when there's no storms within you know 600 miles of us. Well, that's true. So, um, but yeah, it's gonna be nice. Temperatures are gonna be into the mid to upper 50s. We might crack 60 uh, on Thursday. We will see. Knock on wood. That'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, pretty, uh, pretty quiet finally. So, uh, all is well out here on the West coast. Excellent. Well, we will, um, see about our storms this week. I'm pretty excited. We're kicking off spring. So, right. and, and that was, that was another question that they asked Rick Smith. They're like, when is officially severe weather season for Oklahoma? And his answer was January 1st, <laughs> December 31st. <laughs> And and he's he's right. I mean, we have storms every in every month. We've had tornadoes in every month. Right. I'm sure we've had one on every day of the year. Um, but you know, of course, our peak is sure mid March ish through mid June ish. Yeah. That's going to be our peak. But yes, we definitely. That's always the the good line is January first through December thirty first is our storm season. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, our storm season generally doesn't kick off until May. So. And then it's just little pop-up showers. But hey, we'll take it. Yeah, 100%. I take what I can get. Yeah, well, same. And, same. and then I wait for nocturnal thunderstorm season during the summer, which is my favorite. Because I love being on top of the hills at 3 o'clock in the morning watching distant thunderstorms. That sounds nice. It we is. have no hills. <laughs> you have some <laughs> hills. There is some elevation in Oklahoma. We probably have hills. Like yes, in one hill. place, we have a hill. <laughs> yeah, that is the benefit of having, you know, you know, several hundreds of feet to a thousand feet of elevation change relatively closely. You can get uh, some pretty good elevated views of of the area. So I'll just get on my roof. You I don't should. need a hill. You should. So, no, I'm not but, Santa Claus. I can't do it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Body claws. Uh, woo! Yeah, and yeah, no. I feel like it's not safe, especially because I don't have any really flat part of my roof, and I'm just not coordinated enough see, to here, walk all sloped like see, that. See, here's the thing: I would still sit on my roof all the time. Mm. I would totally do it all the time. 
No. Make it happen, Bonnie. Come on. But I feel like I would just be a big lightning rod. Yeah, okay, fine. Sorry, I'm all weather safety conscious. Yeah, My no, bad. Hey, we are weather ready nation ambassadors. We do need to preach weather safety. So, yes, you're right. When yeah. thunder roars, go indoors. Boom, turn around, don't drown. Yep. We nailed it. I'm still going to be outside looking at the thunderstorms. <laughs> I know. And that's the problem. And literally, Two words like, for that's you. been talked carport. about. Carport. <laughs> right. Right, and I have a cardboard, but it's metal, Ooh. so that's kind of scary. Okay, yeah. yeah, I know. I'll just touch my my tires, my my rubber tires. No, that's a bad also. idea. But I thought that helps ground you or something. I thought that's why you're safe, kind of in your car from lightning because of your rubber tires. Well, yeah, but you have to be in the car, not touching the car. I wouldn't touch anything else but the rubber. No, no, Ugh. no. Absolutely. What if I'm holding like a pink eraser? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Just get in your car. Watch from your car. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I can do that. Oh, good Lord. I'm going to hit my head on the microphone. <laughs> Bizzle, come on. <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board now. I'm, yes, I'm if you're going to, if you want to stay outside and watch a thunderstorm, do not be underneath a tree. Do not be underneath a metal carport. Be in a car, not next to one or touching one. Be in the car. <laughs> Or be near a window far enough away that, you know, it's not going to hurt if someone happened to the window. But just do it safely. When I say a carport, I'm talking like a hotel carport where it's a giant overhang and you have a little bit of cover. And you can come indoors if it gets too nasty. Oh, okay. So my mental carport's not what you meant. I got gotcha. you. No. Plus there's a big giant tree next to it. Oh, geez. And power lines. Oh, you're just winning, aren't you? <laughs> And and my fence is a metal chain link fence. Maybe I'll just stay inside. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay inside. I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. I think Clyde will be happier if you stay inside with him. Oh, yeah. 100%. He does really good in thunderstorms. Oh, I think it's because I like thunderstorms. So he doesn't ever get scared. And he really likes to watch storm coverage with me. Like he Perfect. will sit in my lap and he will just like watch. And he doesn't like the windshield wipers. So when they're like shooting through the storm chasers windshield (laughs) and the windshield wipers are going, he'll like run up to the TV and get all upset and stuff. And I'm like, dude, like calm down. They're just windshield wipers. He doesn't like them in my car either. He gets upset in the car when I turn them on. Does he bark? I don't know what what it is. Yeah. He, well, at first it turns, it starts out as kind of like some weird growling, like talking. And then it turns into like a little yip. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, what what are you going to do to the windshield wipers? What are they going to do to you? But Hey, Every dog has their thing, and he doesn't like windshield wipers. And there we go. There we go. Fantastic. Good boy, Clyde. <laughs> right? He's just keeping me safe. He is. Shout to shout to the dog one time. Well, another Right. Another great addition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Two weeks into March, Bonnie. Three more to Ooh. go for National Weather Podcast Month. But I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.